So, uh, Chad Ensley, uh, welcome to uh, The Journey. And let me explain just a little bit about what The Journey is. It It is uh, just basically just a, a show, a podcast that talks about individuals who've um, either learned from setbacks, learned through um, maybe some type of uh, obstacle along the way, um, primarily trying to have either individuals that have had personal experiences or entrepreneurs or athletes or artists come on on the show and just talk about their story and, and what they learned from it and then um, hopefully what lessons then they can then uh, pass on to someone else. So uh, I know, Chad, we've known each other for, we were just talking about how long it's been. I mean, I was, I think, 14 years old when I first met you. Uh, yeah, so that was you. a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, So Chad, uh, I know you have a family, you have a business. What, what do you do for fun? when you're not working um, what, what, what does Chad do for fun for fun um, you know my wife and I love to travel okay and luckily we're able to okay um, when we weren't able to we just found activities uh, sure. tried to get involved with the community stuff sure. um, went out uh, um, looking for different things to do we love uh, the food scene we're sure. we're big I'm going to use the term foodies, sure. Um, but there's a lot of background there with me mm-hmm. and with her with food. Uh, my wife's German, so okay. she's got uh, a wide span of uh, likes and dislikes. Uh, not many dislikes like me, um, sure. but we try everything. So okay. that's we're always looking for the best restaurants uh, around. And well, I think the last one of the last times we had gotten together, just a kind of a impromptu meeting, we were met at Detulio's, and you oh, were yeah. you were doing some project with them. Um, uh, what was it? I can't remember what it was. Was it? It was an uh, Italian ice cream. Was it? Yeah, gelato. Gelato. Um, yeah. I, for whatever reason, like to collect uh, cooking equipment, okay. and uh, so I have some equipment at uh, Alchemy's and uh, gelato machine in the oven, and then. Um, Anthony, I was trying to help him, you know, with kind of my passion is to help other companies become successful. And uh, it really was something that I had in a warehouse up in Madison, a gelato machine. And I said, why don't we just, uh, you know, get it and I'll teach you how to make gelato and you can do it in-house. So he was excited about it because being the Italian he is, he wants everything to be perfect and very authentic. So now he's making his own in-house gelato. Nice. and he's pretty excited about it. Nice. Well, good. And he, and and he's now been doing this. It's probably at least at least six months now, right? Oh, a couple of years. Oh, has it actually, been a couple of years? Yeah. Oh, okay. I yeah, thought. Yeah. So we, when we were there, I just uh, was there to help him get some stuff done that day. Oh, so, okay. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking that that he was just starting the project at that time. Yeah. No. Okay. No. It's about a year and a half into it now. Gotcha. Okay. So that's great. All right. Yeah, I know that he, uh, it, it seems like a, a lot of people talk about his, his restaurant, and it's a... It's a, it's it's a nice niche. Yeah, very yeah. much so. You know, Rockford so. should be happy to have these kind of, uh, you know, non-chain um, places, and it's a great cafe. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so Chad, tell us a little bit about your, uh, for, just for the listeners to get a little bit more a story of who you are. I know you've been here in Rockford, in the Rockford area, your your entire life. But uh, who, who, tell us a little bit about, you graduated from? Graduated from Guilford High School. Okay. And I do want to take a minute and say, uh, you know, it has been a long time of knowing you, Kevin. Yeah. And I appreciate you having me on the yeah. show. Um, and uh, kind of looking forward to this, this journey that we're going to go on today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I was a graduate of Gilbert High School, started in the McChesney Park community, 
Um, went to um, the you know Harlem schools, and my last year I switched over to Guilford High School, okay. and for various reasons, and uh, finished off uh, my uh, high school degree there, okay. and then. Uh, Went from there and uh, worked for my dad since I was probably about 14 years old. So he used slave labor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you don't call that slave labor when it's uh, your own child. Very, very um, but um, he taught me the ropes of being an entrepreneur yeah. and kind of got that niche there. Yeah. And uh, he was in the automotive business. Um, he had uh, gas stations and service stations. And and that was my first uh, push to entrepreneurship um, at a very young age, uh, really talking him into doing this at like 16 and a half. I had some money already saved up, and I started an auto parts business oh, really? with my dad. Okay. And, uh, and we went into partnership, and I opened up an auto parts store, Ernie's Auto Parts Repair. So I was the parts side of it. And I knew he was going to be my best customer. So sure. it was kind of a win-win for, for both of us. Right, right. He got parts at a better price, and I was able to service the community with parts. Okay. And uh, then I started my journey. So so, so I guess that part of it, I, don't, I guess I didn't remember that. But that was right about the time. So... So you were doing autos, auto service. I remember that. That was a North Second, and then the auto parts. That was your that was your portion of it. Yeah. Okay. And so, um, so that was kind of like a more of a natural fit. And so, what before we jump on to the other aspect, what was it like growing up with um, your your dad being an entrepreneur, dad having you know small business owner? What what was that like growing up in that in that arena? You know, what I remember is. Besides the the financial struggles, mm -hmm. and you, as a as you get older, you know, as you just realize, wow, they're going through a lot, and they're doing. He was doing pretty well as a guy who didn't have any education, any high school diploma, and just hard work and all the integrity in the world. I mean, people. That's the, the probably the biggest thing that I ever heard and I learned about my father was how honest he was, mm -hmm. and. That was something I knew that I had to carry forward, and I was not going to veer from that. And in my life, I saw what it, how benefits it had. And there's one story that I remember: is a guy moved to this uh, community, and his car had broken down on his way into Love's Park. Okay. And he really had it had broken down, and they had to push it into my dad's parking lot. So. What normally happens in the industry is people start licking their lips and going, well, we've got, we've got a guy that has to pay us through the nose. Mm -hmm. And he was, he was stressed out with money. This guy, Dick Miller was his name, and he was uh, very nervous and came up to my dad, asked for help, and uh, said, I don't know what's wrong. And he's like, all right, why don't you leave it here? We'll get you a ride home. You know, and he's like, I don't even have a home yet. I'm, we're just working to find one. He goes, well, I'll give you a car to use. And they left and came back two days later. And my dad said, well, it's going to be uh, $32. And he's like, what? He's like, does it run? He goes, yeah, it runs. He goes, yeah, we, it was something, you know, fairly simple. It took a little bit of time, but, you know, that's what it's going to cost you. He's like, 
he couldn't believe it. And he just, from then on, he's like, how does this even happen? Mm. I come in, I'm completely, you know that I'm at your mercy. And I walk out of here only spending near nothing, and you tell me I don't have to pay you today, pay me when you can. And that that person um, told me this story probably maybe 25 years later, mm. and, you know, when my dad was, was, you know, ailing and not doing well. And I just, but I remember hearing these stories throughout my dad's, you know, life of, you can always, Ernie, you can always trust Ernie. Sure. You know, there's nobody you have to worry about. Whatever right. comes out of his mouth is iron. Sure. And I just really felt compelled that that's, that's the life you want to lead. Right, right. And have the most integrity you can have. And so that, and, and that person, when I, he got into the copier business. So when I got into business, I needed a copier. Mm-hmm. And my dad goes, why don't you call Dick Miller? Um, he's in the copy business. I trust him. And this guy comes down, and he's like, he just drops a copier off on my on my table. And at that time, I was renting space in my dad's back unit because I had decided to start this company. And he just gave me a copier to use. And I said, how much do I owe you? He goes, we, we'll figure that out later. I think I used a copier of his probably three different times in my company, maybe four different copiers throughout maybe 18 years of my company and he never would take money Mm. and i'm like this is crazy yeah (laughs) this is just crazy so there's something you know just to the value of of who you are as a person and how it you know just makes other people feel well you know when you tell that story about your dad's integrity and and how Mr. Miller didn't know him at all and and completely was in a vulnerable state, Um, you know, emotionally, financially, you know, everything, right? Um, I remember probably, I don't don't know, grade school, early middle school, I remember my dad driving and something was wrong with the car and had to bring it over to a place to, I think it was a transmission at this time. And this was in the, this was probably late seventies. And there was these rumors that mechanics would put sawdust in the transmission to try to, you know, instead of fixing it. And, and there was this idea that you couldn't trust, um, a mechanic, right? Because you're at their mercy. You don't know what really what's going on. They know what's going on. So you're at their mercy. And that he gave me that impression that you couldn't trust, you know, mechanics. And then he had, you know, once he found one, a mechanic that he worked with, then he would, you know, that was it. That was it. Right. And, um, and I remember that, um, that, that impression of, of that. Now today, I think it's, you know, maybe not as much, it is a little bit with cars, but maybe not as much now with cars, but it is with computers, right? So it's, it's, you know, what used to be auto mechanics now in in today's world is the computer systems, um, or the computer itself. And, and do we, you know, there's a reluctancy because for most of us, we know enough to operate it, but we don't know enough if something really goes wrong. Right. And, um, and I think it was similar during that time period. So, uh, so that your dad was able to um, trust in himself and trust in the process enough to say, "No, we're just going to do it with integrity and just do it with hard work, and we'll just carry it on from there." Yeah, and, and it, it really carried through to his employees because he had to stop them from 
you know, because even people just naturally were like, hey, I can replace this also. And he's mm-hmm. like, let's call them first and explain why we would. Yeah. You, you just don't do it. Yeah. You know, without them having clear knowledge. Right. It was something special to me. Yeah, yeah, very you much know, so. so. Very much so. So, so then <coughs> renting out that space, you were kind of beginning to allude to um, that, that you um, got into uh, the printing business. And so tell us the story about, about how you, because I, I clearly remember, uh, you know, early on at least that part yeah. of it. So, so tell us a little bit how that all came it's, about. It's a little interesting. I was getting burned out in the parts business. And the reason why is I think what tripped my trigger was I, I actually went out and changed a headlight for someone. And this guy, and I, I went out on, uh, in the, the parking lot. He bought a headlight. I went out and changed it, came back in, told him it was going to be whatever it was, $8 or something. Um, and uh, he's like, well, that's, that's just highway robbery. Um, you know, they sell it over at Kmart for $7 and something. And so I, I just something snapped with me, and it was a weird feeling. But he's, he was bickering over the fact that, that he's going to have to pay a dollar more and yet I just went out and changed it for him and cleaned the rest of his headlights and did all this stuff. And I thought, this is not a business I want to be in. Mm-hmm. This is They don't appreciate the service level that I want to give mm-hmm. as, as a person. So I took that opportunity to go out and put his old headlight back in. I said, I'll be right back, sir. And I came back in, put that new one in the box. I said, you know, have a good day. And he's like, would you just let me have the headlight? I said, no, no, I put your old one back in there. He goes, why would you do that? And we had this argument. I said, well, I seem to have upset your day. Don't want that to happen. You seem to want to go to Kmart. You might want to buy a screwdriver while you're there. It's this kind of screwdriver that you need with a hex head. on, And so you need three different kinds of of screwdrivers. So, you know, no problem. And uh, by the way, I did leave the clip that I put in there, the spring that you're gonna have to buy over, that you would have to buy over there. But I, I, I had given you one. I left it in there. It's a new one. And uh, you know, good luck. And I, I looked at my dad and I said, you know, I need a break. And so I, he had a, he collected cars, and that's one of the things that he loved. And so he had a Mustang out in California sitting at a friend's house and I said why don't I go out and get it and take a break and I've got people there to run you know the auto parts store and uh, I'm gonna just take it take a break I'll go get your Mustang and he goes the problem is it doesn't run very well and I go okay that's fine I'll figure that out and I went out there and I ended up driving down highway 101 or whatever it is okay. um, all the way down to Long Beach from San Francisco with this Mustang, seeing the countryside, having a great time, still being fairly young, and uh, and actually still in high school. And um, I ended up uh, going to visit my cousins down in that area, and they worked for a screen printing company, a fairly large one. And uh, they did contract stuff for Ocean Pacific and... Uh, um, a pretty large uh, company in Hawaii that was really on the, on the charts of the surfing community. And I went in there and noticed 
how how bad things were being run, how inefficiently, and and I just as a young guy, I just was able to kind of see that stuff very quickly, and I saw where people were kind of robbing <laughs> this guy blind. So and I loved it. I lo- I just felt energy being inside the screen printing area, and I just was very excited about it. So I thought, man, I I need to learn this trade. So I wrote a proposal for this the owner of this company, and I said I would like to take this trade back to the Midwest with me, um, but I need to learn it. So how about if I stay here for thirty days? I'll work for free for thirty days. And I will, um, and then your job is to show me the equipment, show me where you buy the inks, how you buy things, who are the, who are the sources, and I will fix a lot of your problems. Here are the problems that I feel like we need to go through and the hiring issues. And so he's, he looked at me and just kind of shook his head and looked at the sheet, and he's like, yeah, let's give this a shot. And, and I was blown away because he was giving me, I mean, I'm a young punk, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's given me an opportunity. So I presented myself in the right frame of mind. And I think the only thing that, that actually made him um, say yes was he goes, when you say you're going to hire and fire people, who are you thinking about firing? I go, well, one of my cousins is doing a great job. The other one is not doing a good job for you, and it's the one I'm staying with. So I'm probably going to move out of his place because I'm probably going to let him go and if he can't turn it around. And he just looked at me and goes, yeah, let's do this. He goes, And I asked him why later, and he goes, because anybody willing to let go of their somebody that's that close to them is serious. Mm-hmm. And... and you know, and I think that's one of the things I learned is that you have people have to earn their keep. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter who they are, and so I I went and I worked there, and I brought back the trade, and I wrote up a business plan, presented it to every bank in the city, and uh, every bank turned me down. Sure, and uh, I had built a relationship when I was 15 years old with uh, Elvin Becker, who was at that time the owner of United Banks, okay. and. Um, I had done a report on him for high school or yeah, it was high school. And I remember riding my bike over to his house and, uh, and falling asleep and they got home pretty late and he, and he's like, what are you doing here, kid? And I, he invited me in, we chatted, I did my report, asked all the questions I wanted to ask and, uh, that in turn ended up being my first loan. Him personally, through the bank, he's like, I'm going to take care of this. And we're going to make sure that you succeed and you get the backing that you need. Okay. And that was my first loan. And I started C&E in 1981, October. Okay. So so this was after you had done the auto parts. Yeah. And so the auto parts um, piece, now you – so you were – you started the auto parts when you were in high school, and yeah. then, and then, but pretty quickly into it, you were recognizing, I don't know if I want to stay in this industry. That's not a lifetime thing, right? Right. And so then you <clears> just <throat> just happened to be coming across this when you were visiting cousins, yeah. And then really saw an opportunity because there probably wasn't a ton of that. Go- was there any of that going on in Rockford? 
There, there was. I found out later there was a little bit of it, not much. Okay. Um, uh, I uh, was quite surprised, but it's more of a. It was more of a kind of a, a vibe of uh, like surfer kind of feel, sure. yeah. and screen printing was not a thing that people were just opening up screen printing shops. Right. right. Um, and you know, first of all, you know, souvenir T-shirts weren't Midwest driven. Right. And that's yeah. kind of where the biggest uh, area was. Yeah. Because um, I think I'm thinking of, my, of Tom Harmer, who did stuff for like sports teams, and it, they became my first and biggest client. Okay. And you know, Mark DeSanti, uh, that was kind of managing um, Tom Harmer, and he probably still is there. I don't know. Um, we, they were doing all their team gear through us, mm-hmm. and. You know, and the one thing that I the the biggest fear he had is he wanted to do it outside of Rockford because his thought was that if I do it outside of Rockford, those people won't chase down my clients. Mm. And his big fear was always, um, you know, he I mean talked to me over and over again, Chad. You know, I'm very scared about doing business with you because um, I don't want to have lose my clients. And if I have companies come to me and whoever they are or baseball teams, you can go direct to all these people and and take my business. And that's my lifeblood. And I go, you know, it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. And he finally got an itch where he got nervous and said, you know, I, I just got to stop. Mm-hmm. We we had done it for maybe a f- probably three years okay. and maybe even longer. And... Uh, and we had done all of his stuff pretty much, and it got to a point where he just he just got that that the hair went up on his back, and he just thought that I didn't have the integrity that that, and I never showed him that it wasn't there. And I just assured him, I said, you know, Mark, by the way, uh, it's fine that you're going to leave me. Um, I still won't chase your clients. Mm-hmm. And I used to have people come to me and I'd say, they said, I understand you have our artwork and I want to do the shirts through you. And I said, no, you got to go. You got to call Tom Harmer. Mm-hmm. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah. I just wouldn't. I would never cross that line. Sure. And and then he called me like maybe four years later and he goes, dude, did I make a mistake? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I never thought that you were, people just don't have their word mean, you know, right. things anymore. And I should have stuck with you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Well, I think there's a that's a great element, and I know that um, I come across it. I've I've had different time periods in my you know uh, in the last 19 years of having KP that I've had you know different time periods where fear comes up, yeah. and and you get you know borderline paranoid, um, or maybe it isn't so borderline. <laughs> so maybe, yeah. You know, and 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 that distorts your thinking and distorts your judgment and and. But sometimes you might be okay, but other times you make bad decisions out of that, based out of that fear, instead of um, in, instead of looking at the bigger picture of things. And so, yeah, I I'm the same way. I mean, I I can't help it. I you know I guess it's being in business for so long. Mm-hmm. I expect people to operate like I do, mm-hmm. and I I have this weird sense that that there's some that people are going to do kind of what I would do. And my wife keeps telling me you need to, first of all, not get upset about it because people aren't you. And 
if people want to, I'm just going to use the analogy, just, you know, screw you over, you can't do anything about it. Right. And I've had it happen quite a few times. Sure, yeah. And it's because, you know, and it's frustrating to people around me that you let it happen, we told you, mm-hmm. and it just happened recently, even with an employee, that just, it just really hits you hard. Yeah. And you own it differently because you just can't understand it you it's hard to process it and i think that that's something that you have to realize that you know people wonder why i don't change who i am and it is because at the end of the day when i lay in my bed to go to sleep i'm able to go to sleep Mm -hmm. and i don't have any of those issues on my plate Mm -hmm. I don't have any, you know, buddy that I've uh, uh, taken for a ride. Um, I I just feel pretty clean about that, mm-hmm. and I think there's something really relaxing mm-hmm. about that scenario. And I don't know how some of those people sleep, mm-hmm. but they probably do. Yeah. And until so, until it happens to them to the point where it affects them emotionally. Mm-hmm. I think that we will be in a state of that they'll just keep doing what they do, and I gotta, I have to keep doing what I do. Yeah, it's what makes me sleep. Well, we can only do our side of the street, right? And, yeah, yeah. And and I and I've come to recognize, even though there's been times that I've, uh, uh, because of uh, emotions, ego, and emotions get involved. You know, I've recognized when I step back far enough away from it that sometimes people do things out of ignorance; they just don't know. You know, they just don't understand the industry. They just don't understand, you know, certain aspects of it. They just do things out of ignorance. Even though it hurts, I can I can recognize that and and, and see the bigger picture with that. When someone does it out of malice, and yeah. it's a malicious intent, that's a that's a different thing. And that's kind of like what you talked about the the hair and and on your back starts standing up, and you get into that fight or flight mode, and yeah. um and then start becoming you know really guarded. At least I do become really guarded. Um, but I, I've had that with employees, you know, key employees. You know, it's 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 time for them to move on and do something different. As long as it's done with integrity, I can give my blessing. Yeah. If it's not done with integrity, you know, if it's done, you know, uh, out of fear, done out of, and then they, you know, do things less, you know, less honest or whatever is going on, um, then it's it's hard to trust. How am I supposed to know what's, you know, and and some of that is maybe out of that ignorance. Other times it has been. Um, malicious and, yeah. and then that's a then I have a different you know obviously I have a different response then um, but I still try to stay who I want to be so I can sleep at night yeah. as well yeah we got to walk like you said it'd be on our side of the street that's you and I you know every day we have choices and I think that you know I, I remember going through um, I've, I probably have read more books and what are they called self-help books and, sure. and you know um, things to try to improve your business. But, you know, I remember one guy just over and over saying, you know, there's this line in the center, and if you continue down one line, you get to the end, it's like you're dealing with this area of just anger, mm-hmm. and it's just eruption. And the other line is just silence. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, you try to stay in that middle of where you're just, you know, you're not overly talking and you just kind of stay calm. And yet 
it is a very fine line. Mm-hmm. And I find myself, uh, you know, just having some trouble accepting some people's behaviors. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and I, I now get, you know, counseling. I, I mean, I'll call you periodically mm-hmm. and bother you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just waiting for the bill someday. Yeah. <laughs> And yet, um, you know, you get uh, people that you trust and you that might be mentoring you and you can go and ask them these frustrating questions. And my my wife is a huge support system. Mm -hmm. Um, She's really fantastic. So I think people need to realize they they need other people and they need to, you know, go out, reach out and talk to other people. Well, I, I, I 100% agree. I think it's, it, it is, no matter who you are, it is hard to continue growing if you're only caught up in your own thoughts yeah. and because you're going to box yourself into a, a corner. To grow, you, you have to either directly, when you are directly meeting with someone, or <clears throat> indirectly, either through concepts you're reading or being taught through, you know, uh, through digital or whatever it may be, but there needs to be some type of external input that that helps you grow i want to i want to go back a little bit and um i remember <clears throat> ty your cousin going over to the going over to the shop and seeing this huge contraption um <laughs> in, in this i think it was a, it was a four color uh print there was these four different arms and it, and it looked to me at that time just this huge monster of a thing and yeah just, and watching it um, watching the process of, of making these two. That was, so that was my very first exposure to uh, um, screen printing, right? Yeah. And um, so as, as C&E has evolved um, from that uh, um, uh, new business within the space of the existing businesses, um, where what are some of the things that's evolved to now? Where you're the, the type of work that you're doing now, you you do more than just t-shirts. Yeah, quite a bit more, and, yeah. or more than just clothing, I should say. Yeah. And so, what what are some other things that you guys are doing, and and how far of reach do you, do you guys have? We are we're pretty global. Okay. Um, we go, and when I say global, we deal with companies that have employees all over all over the world. Okay. And so we're drop shipping stuff, you know, to wherever they're at. And so we're, when it comes to, we do wearables or apparel, and most of our stuff is corporate driven. Okay. And that's where, that's kind of, we call that, it's paying the bills. Um, Most of the, the smaller stuff we do is community driven. And that's also, you know, great. We get involved with the community quite a bit. And, uh, but Rockford only represents probably 4% of our business. Okay. So we're pretty much heavily outside of Rockford. Okay. And uh, we, uh, we also do, we call it the um, ad specialties, promotional products. Think of it as anything, everything that gets an imprint on it to help companies brand their image. Yeah. Um, from a coffee mug to a pencil to a pen, to anything at all that uh, allows them to brand who they are. 
we help them with that journey of of creating that uh, impeccable brand and having it speak to their end user. And, you know, we're not an ad agency. Mm -hmm. Um, We work very closely with ad agencies, and it's all about uh, making sure that uh, we we really dot our I's, cross our T's, and make sure – Everything that's important about that brand never gets skewed. Mm-hmm. So colors, um, PMS, you know, there's a lot. There's at the bigger you get in the corporate world, like McDonald's would have two hundred different rules about where they're, how close their logo could be to anything else, what mm-hmm. it can never be by. You know, so it's our job to know that stuff and never break those rules. Sure, um, um, but. Uh, then we also get involved with hard goods. Um, so we'll do gifts. Um, and the best way to explain that is, um, let's say McDonald's does the Monopoly game. Okay. And they have these, you know, throughout this, this very short time, you can get and get there, buy their things, and you scratch it off, and you're like, oh, my God, I want a TV. We would be the supplier to McDonald's for the TVs. Oh, okay. So we call that uh, premium incentives. So we do all the hard goods um, in that arena. So from from electronics to um, you know TVs to sometimes jewelry to purses, to no, you name it. So um, so it's really it covers a huge span. It's kind of ruined me to allow my family to run out and buy things retail um, because. I have so many connections within that uh, the manufacturing segment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've kind of loosened the reins there now. Mm-hmm. Um, but it used to be, no, 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 no. I, I can order that, which is a big pain. Yeah. And I used to try to even help my friends out. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, boy, this is a pain. I'm, I'm, I'm spending too much time doing those little things. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, you grow up and figure out, sure. you know, what, what, where your sweet spot is. Um, so... That's really three facets to what we do. And apparel probably still constitutes um, maybe 45% uh, of what we do, maybe 50 And the rest of it's uh, the other stuff. Okay. And it's a, it's a, it's a you know, that part of it's really fun. It's a fun industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gotten to be a very... Uh, filled with a lot of people that, you know, I think will do anything to get a sale. So I feel like uh, they sell a bill of goods and they can't deliver, but they'll say whatever it takes to get a job. And and then we are there to try to pick up the pieces after mm-hmm. they drop them. Sure. And it's happened quite a bit. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we're pretty proud of uh, of saving people's you know, integrity in their brand um, when people screw up. Sure. Well, and I imagine that that goes back to the temptation to when someone comes in swooping in and promises everything and, you know, over promises and under delivers, it, it's that's, you know, someone out of ignorance may go with that person. Oh, yeah. And then then call Chad up with 48 hours to go going, um, can you can you bail me out? I, I, I got this happening, you know, and in there's an element to that where um, 
I've been in the same situation for different reasons, but yeah. you know, from uh, you know, people want to you know, I want to try something different. I want to do this. I want to go with a different you know you know different group to provide this service. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Um, yeah, I I can tell a quick story. Sure. I, hopefully, it'll be quick. Um, and it was uh, for our largest client, and uh, they wanted they had to do business and they had to diversify. That was one of their mandates by the government is, you know, you take our money, you have to diversify some of your spending. Mm-hmm. So they they went with someone else on this print job. And this was such a large opportunity uh, for – we wanted to do it because LeBron James was involved. So I won't say the, the company name, but LeBron James was involved. So you know what size company has to be mm-hmm. to hire somebody like LeBron James to show up at their facility – and do a special event. And they didn't realize it was going to be as successful as it was. So the very next day he's going to show up, they are short 70 shirts. And the company that they originally did them with said, well, there's nobody that can get these done. We can't get these done. And we haven't seen the artwork yet. And the one of the buyers calls us up and says, we need help. We know you didn't get the job. We know we gave it to someone else. We just have to have shirts. We cannot have these kids leave here without a shirt. Okay. Um, can you get us the artwork here in the next hour? When do you need these? Tomorrow. Oh, well, there's a tornado warnings out in Rockford area, this area, and thunderstorm warnings. And we get this message, and I immediately, I'm in my car, I get the call, and I said, let's, let's make it happen. Mm-hmm. They're like, how? I go, that's what we do. We solve problems. Mm-hmm. Whatever it takes, mm-hmm. we figure it out. Mm-hmm. And so I started driving to Naperville which is a distributor where we can pick up shirts. And I get in the car. I mean, I'm in the car, and I get on the highway immediately. And I said, get the sizes, see if they have the shirts. I hope I'm not wasting my time. I'm already to Randall Road. And I said, when I come back, have that artwork burned. So we have to burn screens. We have to. St- I mean, this is artwork we've never seen. We have to make film. We have to burn screens. We have to go through this whole process. And uh, off, off we are to the races. And uh, we are going to try to figure out, because we can't, to, in order to make it to UPS, we have to be done with the shirts by 4.30 to run them over there to get them next day aired down. And we, I come flying in the, my facility, and we, <laughs> with the shirts in my car, they get them out. They throw on the press. They run them. Um, we run the test proof, take a picture of it, send it down, get approval. Said, yes, perfect. That's unbelievable. And get them down there. And uh, we make it to UPS, and they have their shirts the next morning. And they, they requested the most expensive delivery, which was early a.m. And I'm like, all right, let's let's go. And people were we were off to the races. Mm-hmm. And the sense of accomplishment sure. that we got out of that, and the sales rep was out of town at the time for that client. 
So we did all this without him even knowing it was going to happen. So it's his client, mm-hmm. but it's virtually all of our clients. Yeah. Um, he gets back from town. We tell him the story. He goes down there, and they, he's getting accolades and just saying, oh, my God, uh, you know, upper management, everybody loves you guys. We were told never again to go with anybody else. And it just kind of set the stage um, for how important it was for us to, to do everything it takes mm-hmm. to make something happen. Yeah. Um, but we've done that for people. I think I was just at a concert last night. Uh, Abre- Abreo's uh, uh, Paul Sletton's uh, 15th anniversary was last night. Oh, sure. And Miles and Kelly were singing. Sure. Um, Miles Nielsen and Kelly. And uh, so Miles told the story, and Chad uh, Ensley does all our merchandising. And, uh, you know, if you ever need anything in 17 hours, turn around. That's the guy to call. I'm like, no, no. And you're trying to say, that's not the guy to call. I, I do that for you. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, uh-huh. uh-huh yeah. and, you know, but it does make you feel pretty darn good when you make something happen that you feel like almost nobody else can make happen. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I just recently was listening to a podcast, uh, Entree Leadership. And they told um, told a story about um, FedEx and how they were at the beginning they were struggling with uh, making this concept work and, mm-hmm. and about delivering and um, they were on the verge of bankruptcy. They had tapped everything, all their money out, and I'm probably not getting all the story right, but the, the, but I think it's real important for any entrepreneurs out there to hear this essence of, of the story was that. They had, um, there was this wedding with someone from the DuPont family, was, a daughter was getting married, and the, um, her bridal dress, the gown, was not, had not been delivered. And there was all these different situations with weather, and they couldn't get the dress there and stuff like that. And um, the guy from FedEx, they figured out how to get it there and ended up saving the wedding, getting her gown there, and put everything on the line to make this happen. And that was the beginning of, of the fact that they happened to be someone who they did it for was a, a pretty heavy hitter. Yeah. But it had to do with that they were going to do whatever it took to get the job done. And in regardless of the weather, regardless of the time constraints or whatever it was, and I think that part um, for for anybody who's in business, any leader, any young person, young young person, meaning in the business of, of leadership and entrepreneurship, that's what makes the difference. Yeah, that integrity that you talked about with your dad, um, uh, taking on challenges and then delivering on those challenges, um, not taking things personal. Yeah. Um, when when because you easily could have said, you know, pass on it, but instead you you spoke true to who you are i want to kind of verge into this next piece because you've alluded to it a couple times and i know um because you've helped me out tremendously um with uh, shatter our silence but community outreach is a big piece and helping in the community is a big piece even the the little thing and i went to you about um that first fundraiser that we were doing that that rally and and we were talking about t-shirts and you you said kevin go with this t-shirt the, this uh, the style of T-shirt because it's gonna it's more expensive. You won't make as much money when you sell them, but it, it, you'll be pleased. I've had so yeah. many people, not yeah. only because of the logo, but because that's the most comfortable shirt they they own. Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, 
you know, so many people make the mistake, you know, of, of where they where they place what we do as a commodity. And really, to me, a T-shirt is is might be as basic as what you might think, but there's something special about something you want to wear. Mm-hmm. And it can either end up in a garage sale or end up on somebody's back. Mm-hmm. And there's no better advertising yeah. than somebody wearing something for three years yeah. and having it still look good yeah. and have them feel good about wearing it. So that was the goal for yeah. us with you is, you know, here I, I was thinking we're donating a lot of this and yeah. trying to get you to a place and I worked very hard to get you. I think Peak volunteered some money, yep, yep. so Mark was Bands was incredible with that. And you had some great artwork from I think Aaron did your yeah, artwork, Aaron did, yeah. and uh, just it ended up coming out beautiful. Yeah. But if I would have put that on, nothing wrong with a Gildan shirt because people have to have sometimes a price point. Yep. But this was a shirt that in in today's market, the trendy people or the people who love to wear a T-shirt would put on and go, oh, my gosh, thank goodness. Yeah. This means something, and it feels good, and I want to wear it tomorrow yeah. and the next day. Yeah. And the only, the only thing is i got to wash it. Yeah. So it it just, there's something to that. Yeah. And I see more of those shirts. Oh, it's amazing. Around, and it makes me feel good. And that's probably one of the best things about our industry in general is that I look around at local stuff that we do and help out with. Um, it's such a pleasure to see people wearing stuff. My also haunting thought is, and it's happened since day one, is, okay, I'm going to see these zombie people wearing a T-shirt. In my nightmares, I have this this feeling that all the ink is running off. <laughs> And they're all coming after me because they're all mad. Yeah, <laughs> and and I don't. It's it's almost it's humorous. I mean, I, we just so we take the extra time. I'm always like, okay, guys, they have to it has to hit 400 degrees yeah. for X amount of minutes. Okay, on this level, it has to hit 270 degrees yeah. for this. You know, I mean, because they have to dry a certain amount of time sure. for the binders to stick. And so I go in and check every shirt out retail and pull it to see if it cracks. I'm like, oh, undercured. Yeah. Oh, un- yeah. <laughs> so my wife's like, I can't go to a retail store with you because yeah. you'll be over there spreading shirts and looking and going, crack, crack, crack. oh, that wasn't, look at this one, honey. Yeah. She's like, I don't care. <laughs> well, you know, it's yeah. funny that when you talked about, you know, the original Shutter of Silence brand, right? That, yeah. that logo um, on that original shirt, I, you know, I've wore that a handful you know, all over the country at different places I've been. People make comments not only about the saying, um, uh, be a light in someone's darkness, which is on the back, but but they they recognize it, right? Especially yeah. around here. So it just happened to be uh, yesterday morning, CBS morning show. Um, they did a feature on Kevin Hines, and that was who we had out because he was the one who survived um, jumping off the Golden Gate Bridge, and um, now he's a mental health advocate. Well, we had we were working with having him come in and speak to the um, the local. Um, business leaders at Rock Valley and um, while they were doing his uh, Kevin's photographer were taking pictures well Kevin was on the morning show yesterday and I had my SOS shirt on and I had people contacting me because they st- all they did was see the back of the shirt 
in my ponytail and they and they I get I think I just saw you on the CBS morning show and I'm like and I was up at the lake and so I didn't know what they were talking about because we don't get cable up there and I was like what are you talking about and and so then later I find it you know someone put it on Facebook or whatever that's great but it was about that recognition and yeah. and I think I, I think you're 100 percent right it in in this particular situation people want wanted to wear the message but if the shirt wouldn't have been if the shirt would have been uncomfortable, that would have been one thing. But this is like a preferred, and this that little bit extra. And I would have never known because yeah. I didn't know the difference between this shirt or that shirt or anything like that. And I know for me, that was a huge part of getting that brand out and getting that message out. Yeah. Because people ask, well, what's what's SOS? What's yeah. shit? And then whoever's wearing the shirt knows the story. And so they're spreading, spreading that message about mental health awareness and about suicide prevention and and I'm never even, I'm not there with them, you know, and yeah. it has everything to do with that. They're willing to wear the shirt. Yeah. And you mentioned the uh, getting involved with the community for me since 1981, when I, when I first started the company, I wrote down, you know, some, some values, some, some things that, that I was going to start seeing and why, um, one of them was stewardship. Mm-hmm. It just was giving and stewardship's a lot of different things, but one of those areas was giving back to the community. And, you know, some people have a lot more finances than, than me um, or the ability to do more things, but I really have always focused on if we have a, a, a great year, we give back. Mm-hmm. If we don't have a great year, we give back in time. Mm-hmm. So I've always tried to give back in some way, whether I've gotten on boards, whether I've uh, gone to, down to a, a soup kitchen, whatever it is, if I don't have the finances, there's other things you can do. Right. And, but that is something that I've always tried to make a point of. And we've always had special pricing and special arrangements for, you know, uh, groups like yours that are actually doing something to better the community um, for uh, you know for the churches for um, a lot of fundraisers and we try to do what we can mm-hmm. and we can't help everyone right um, but we try very hard mm-hmm. and that is something that we've always felt very strongly about because mm-hmm. um, if the community's strong, then then we're all happier. Right, right. So, well, you know, as you were just talking, I think one of the other things that I definitely appreciated about you, not only learning from your dad regarding the business aspect of it, and then as you said, helping out companies and 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 taking the time, right, to you know to talk a someone who doesn't know what he's talking about, naive <laughs> aspect, and then coaching me about choosing this over that. And and still letting it be my decision, but coaching me and why it was important to have a higher quality shirt so that people will wear it, that aspect. But another thing that I, I've, I've known you've done it with me a handful of times, and I imagine you've done it with other people, is just making connections, making yeah. connecting people with other people. And um, I know most recently... Um, you connected um, me with Richard um, with Artist Ensemble, and 
and to help him out with one of his uh, most recent um, plays, uh, Every Brilliant Thing. And got to yeah. meet Dan. Dan was on the show. And phenomenal, uh, phenomenal show. Uh, Richard just contacted me again for regarding another show coming up. We're gonna, I'm going to do that in February with him. And um, just that connection. Uh, yeah. Richard and I had met once before. Um, but now because of that connection and because he trusts you, and, and, and obviously I've known you for a long time is just you being that bridge. And I know that you've done that with a handful of other people within the community. So that's another way that I know that you've reached out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the, the most satisfying thing for me about just even being in business, um, uh, or just being out in the community is I, maybe I was born with a gift of gab, Mm -hmm. But I love to chat with people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had many people come to my office or meet up with them for coffee and talk about their T-shirt ventures mm-hmm. and how I'm going to set the world on fire because I'm going to create the, the best brand in the world. And, and, you know, I spend a lot of time just going over a lot of things and things they need to be thinking about as they start this process. And, uh, you know, and... I, then it's interesting to see if they do it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've uh, really tried to, you know, make sure that if I have availability, I I, I try to be a mentor. But I love making relationships. Mm-hmm. There's something fun about that to me. Yeah. And I think because of that, some really unique things have happened in my life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my daughter just uh, went to go visit someone at LinkedIn it was somebody I met at a Bulls game. Sure. And I just started chatting with the guy, and it was a couple, and I just thought they looked so, you know, nice together. And I so I started started talking with them. And, you know, and and I decided to continue with that relationship. And I've gotten together with them again, met them another time, and, uh, and now we've kind of bonded. Um, and... Uh, just a super individual mm-hmm. and a great couple and i love that mm-hmm. and if i was if i was going to have my ultimate career and money didn't need to be a part of it i would love to be a personal concierge sure just cuz i like to make experiences happen right right so for me that that would be my ultimate job yeah. well i think as you ju- as you were telling kind of the the story of uh, of CNE and how that all began and and what you learned from your father not only about integrity but um, that integrity led with that original story about Mr. Miller to a relationship and that yeah. relationship um, w- will be able to withstand mistakes will be able to withstand yeah. uh, fear will be able to withstand a lot of things because integrity allows the relationship to happen. The relationship then allows us to um, actually make make a difference in our community. So, uh, Chad, I appreciate you being here. Um, I appreciate you sharing your story. Um, even though I've known you for a long time, there's things I learned today about uh, about your adventure that I that I didn't know before. But, That's shocking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if there was something that, just for our audience, regardless if it's an entrepreneur or if it was a business leader currently or someone who's just aspiring to, you know, a dream or whatever, what would you share with them for for them to walk away with what would be something you share with them i would tell them to always remember that how they present themselves and make sure they choose something that they can walk the walk 
and always try to achieve uh, something that's going to let them sleep at night. Mm -hmm. Uh, To me, that's the most important thing. You know, live your life uh, to the fullest. You know, it's a lot of hard work. I don't care if you think that somebody's been handed a silver platter. They they haven't. Um, there's a few individuals, maybe one-tenth of a percent, that get l- that lucky. Um, but if you want to be successful, you need to put the work in. And so be diligent, be h- hardworking, and make sure you can walk the walk and uh, don't cross lines you can't come back from. Yeah. Chad, I appreciate and well, I appreciate it. Thank yeah. you very much. I know you haven't been feeling well because of you got, got caught up with some flu, but uh, I'm glad you were able to make it here this morning. Well, it's only your problem if I get you the flu. So that's, that's true. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Chad, thank you. Thank you. So uh, thank you very much for joining us today. As as Chad mentioned um, about how um, for him as a business leader, as an entrepreneur, that for him that what's most important is for him to be able to be with integrity within himself and be able to be true to himself so that he can sleep at night. If we all can keep that in mind, I think um, we'll make better choices during the day. Thank you very much. I will uh, see you next week.